You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hello. Awesome. Good morning. Okay, well, we're going to see where we get today. Um, I feel like the Lord was just going to show up in his way that he does. So I'm willing to give him some room for that and let him do that. But it's always good to be with you guys and see you guys. And I know it's summertime, so good job making it to church. It's awesome. (laughs) Super good. Um, Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, journeying with God today. Um, You know, I remember many years ago being in a worship set with um, Jason Upton and him singing about the the mountains and the valleys. Anybody ever heard him talk about that? And it's such a beautiful reminder that God is on a journey with us. He's not, you know, Scott talks about this a lot. Like he's not showing up for visitations, you know, that we get once a week on Sundays because those are, that's his, that's his day that he gets us. No, he, he wants to walk with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to commune with us. He wants to talk about the good and the bad. And um, I think, you know, the older that I get, the more that I walk with the Lord, I realize that he really is a habitation God. He's the God that wants to dwell in us. He wants to know our thoughts, know our heart so that we can surrender those things and get more of him. And it's just this great, beautiful relationship. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about that um, and how wisdom comes into play in that and how, you know, life, life is a, the ultimate revealer. You know, it's the revealer as we walk in life. Um, it reveals to us what we believe and who he is to us. Um, and so, you know, sometimes in the valley portion of our lives, um, it can be hard if we're not willing to walk with him because we're offended over the valley, right? Um, But the valley is part of life. We go through mountains and valleys. Um, And God is so amazing how he can be so much bigger than than our, our knowledge, but also just our where we'll let him in, you know? Like he's so much bigger than our boxes that we have for him. Um, we were on vacation a couple weeks ago, and I'm not trying to expose anybody, so I'm not wanting to, like, you know, pull pull the blanket over. You know, I, I want to be, I'm trying to be respectful, but on vacation a couple weeks ago, you weren't there. I mean, the, the cameras at my parents' house were telling because you were there. So, you know, I got some good video. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, we were in Mexico. There was a large group of us. Um, and, you know, there was family there and family, family that believes, you know, they're not always the same. Uh, some of my family isn't, aren't walking with the Lord um, in the way that we were walking with the Lord. So one of the comments was made. I didn't get to experience it because it was like I was on the loud side of the table and the other side of the table, but I heard about it later. Um, was a comment about, I'm trying to not like be disrespectful because, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old, you really do think you know everything. You really do. I don't know what, even, yeah, even like in those years, you're just so sure that you know everything. You're so sure that you, if only they would call on you, they, that, that you could reveal all the mysteries of the world. And I know that I felt 
you know, maybe not quite as zealous as this person, but I'm sure I was, you know, had my own arrogance at that age. But it wasn't anybody in our, it wasn't any of my kids. This wasn't my kids. It's not my children. This is somebody else's children. Um, but they said just a comment about being the smartest person in the room and how, you know, they were the smartest person in the room and how everywhere they go and it's just amazing and, you know, I won't, I won't say anything else past that. Um, but I, <laughs> I was just thinking about this comment um, and the more that I walk with the Lord, the, you know, I know that God is, he says the fear of the Lord in Proverbs um, Nine is the, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, and so as I've gotten to know God, and when, you know, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, it's not always a negative thing. Scott has an amazing um, message on the fear of the Lord and something that Judah had gotten from God about how the fear of the Lord, the Lord revealed to him, the fear of the Lord was how great God is and how the absence of that greatness in our life, um, you know, it brings destruction. And so we just need to be so in awe of who he is and what is available. And that is definitely an aspect of the fear of the Lord is the greatness and the amazingness of God. But it's also the awareness of God. It's the awareness that God, nothing is hidden from him. And I think in our own humanity, in our own human understanding, we get to a place in, uh, in life where we justify things based on experience. We justify things based on the way we feel, the way we have been treated, the, the, the hardships, the, the lack, all of these things, we justify why we do what we do. And I think part of understanding the fear of the Lord is knowing that he knows everything in us. He knows our every thought. He knows our every motive. He knows um, when we are serving him and when we're serving ourselves. And so part of that fear of the Lord is submitting to him that I will follow you and I won't do it based on what I want to do, but based on who you say I need to be. Right? Yes? Did I lose you guys already? You're like already like I'm offended. Okay. So, <laughs> so in thinking about the fear of the Lord, I just was laughing because, you know, here's this 19-year-old who thinks he knows everything. As we're sitting at a table with my parents, you know, my mom is a, is a retired school teacher. Like she's been, you know, she's got all this wisdom and all this amazing knowledge. My stepdad was a Vietnam pilot who rescued people. Like he teaches really, really smart people how to fly planes. Like that's what he does currently. And I'm just like, okay, okay. You are the smartest. You have arrived. Wow. Oh, to be you. But it just was an amazing thing for me to like kind of, you know, hear, but also think about, you know, what is wisdom? What is knowledge? Um, because the more that I walk with the Lord, the less I feel like I know anything. The older I get, anybody with me? The older I get, the more I am aware of how big God is. The, the more that I'm aware of how he uses everything in our lives to reveal his nature. Even the bad things, even the valleys, even the hardships, he is in that revealing his nature to us. And I was thinking back about, you know, because it's just, it, it really does blow me away. It makes me in awe of the wisdom of God because he's so, so much bigger and so much more brilliant than, than me, <laughs> than, than the humanity. You know, like, 
I remember having, having my children, you know, um, all three of my children and going through that process, going through carrying them for 10 months, basically, especially Oren, it was 10 and a half. I had to evict him. At, he was two and a half weeks late. I was like, please come out into this world. He was like, no, nah, I'm good. And he was cozy in there. Oh, man. He came out, but by, by, by eviction, all of my children were evicted. Um, they just love me, and I love them. It's a safe, nice place. But, um, but in that process of caring children, giving birth, that is a messy job. That is a whole lot of digging down inside of yourself. Now, I know, like, for the guys... This, you might not relate to this, but you'll be able to relate to other things I say. <laughs> Digging down into the depths of yourself and pushing yourself way past where you're comfortable. <laughs> well, all the moms know, yes. You, the late night feedings. The, I won't even get into everything that goes along. It's probably, not, it's probably too real for a Sunday morning message. All of the things that go along with just giving birth and and then how one you feel with your child, how you literally feel like your child, and I still feel like that, all my kids, like a piece of me has now been taken from me and is walking around on this earth. And there is nothing that you wouldn't do for that child. There's nothing that you wouldn't sacrifice, that you wouldn't push through. There's no physical pain that would stop you from meeting their needs. And it's a beautiful picture of God. It's a beautiful picture of the Lord and the Trinity and how they love each other and how they lay down their life for one another and they honor each other and how we are in that. We are his children. And life is a revealer of God. It is beautiful. Um, and I know, you know, being a dad, there's other things that you push through and that you make it work, that you find them the money that for the kids to go, you know, to their sports camp or to their you know, be join the wrestling team or you make sacrifices and you feel love in a completely different way of responsibility. And you see God through being a parent of your children. And that's just one little tiny aspect of humanity that God meets us in and it's just, but it's over and over and over that he reveals his goodness. He reveals his nature. He reveals his commitment to us and then calls us to, to join him in that. And it's a beautiful thing. So when I think of wisdom, I realize I know nothing and that I'm learning wisdom through an experience with God, through a relationship with him. Because you can find him in, in, in a lot of different places that you didn't think you would find him or that you might not want to find him, but there he is. Um, and so I'm just going to read... Uh, Romans 119. I don't know if I'm going to read it on my phone or if I'm going to read it on the Bible. Let's see. All right. So this is a Passion Translation. If you want to read it in your own translation, it's just as good. Um, so this is Romans... 119, in reality, the truth of God is known instinctively, for God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. 
Opposition to the truth can't be excused on the basis of ignorance because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his, internal, his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then this leaves everyone without an excuse. So this is just a passage where it's talking about we cannot say we did not know God. Nobody in the, in the world can say, I, you know, I didn't know that there was a God. Um, and that sometimes can feel super unfair because you're like, wait, you know, they didn't have, you know, Billy Graham on television there or they didn't have missionaries sent there or whatever. But God is available to, to be seen by every single person because of cre creation, because he's around us, because he's revealing us, himself to us at all times. And he's just really, really good at it. He's really good at it. And I, you know, I, I've gone through like a season the last few years um, where, you know, I'm just not hearing God like shouting to me all the time. Like I'm not feeling like he's communicating with me like he has in other seasons um, where, you know, it would be maybe easy to just perceive what God is saying. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm blindly feeling around going, God, what are you saying? Where are you? What do you mean by the, these things that are happening in my life? And, um, but he's still there. He's still with me. He's still walking with me. And I think I don't know if there's some people in this room. I think there's lots of different seasons, so we go through lots of different times. So there might be some people in this room that are feeling the same way. Like, I just haven't heard God for a while. I don't really feel him, you know, shouting from the rooftops over me. Um, but it doesn't change who he is. It doesn't change. When we go through these seasons, it doesn't diminish his love for us. It doesn't diminish his availability for us. It's actually an invitation to be strengthened in who we are. Because we're, remember I said earlier that time and life is the ultimate revealer? When we go through seasons like that, what's in our hearts revealed to us? And sometimes it sounds like God doesn't love you. Where, where is he? He's, he's forsaken you. He's not available to you. Something must be wrong with you. And you can totally go through this whole, I'm going to let my emotions and my circumstances change who God is. Or... You can go, I'm not going to change who God is based on my circumstances. My, my God is here, and my circumstances are here, and they're being surrendered to him. They're being aligned with him. They're being brought into truth with him. And I think right now, especially, man, I have just seen, we've been walking with people for almost 20, for 20 years. This season right now that we're in, the emotionalism of man is becoming God to them. We cannot serve our emotions. If you're serving your emotions, you're serving yourself. That's an impotent direction. You're not going to find God by serving yourself. You have to take your circumstances and go, really? It doesn't matter what's happening. You are God. If I'm in the valley, you are God. If I'm on the mountain, hey, love those mountain times, you are God. Hey, for the mountains. 
for those times where you're, you know, you can see it all, all the dreams. People like you. That's always nice. You know, your children are rising up and calling you blessed. Hallelujah. But I'm talking about when you're going through the valley and people are like throwing stuff at you, chasing you with spears, you know, that. That's not the time. If you haven't solidified God, you, you, really, you really want to come into alignment fast in the valley. I'm here to say if it's quiet, doesn't mean God's not speaking to you because God is always speaking to you. He's always, always speaking to you. Um, I'm going to read Psalms 23. It's a good one. It's good. If I could find it. There it is. This is a psalm from David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Beautiful. Such a beautiful psalm. You know, I love that I love that he David is he's so good about always like being honest with God. And I think that was one of the keys to David was his honesty and his constant surrender and realignment. You know, he would whine and complain and moan and everything. And but he would always land there, wouldn't he? He'd land back in alignment. He'd be lying back in, okay, I'm your son, you're God, I'm following you, I'm going to choose to trust you. And, you know, he knew something about being a shepherd. Because remember that David, before his quest, you know, his, his journey to being king and then being king, and I think this was probably pretty on in his journey of, I don't know actually when this was written, but it might have been before he was king. But um, he was a shepherd. And um, one of the cool things about him being a shepherd was that he knew what it took to take care of sheep, right? <laughs> being a shepherd. And um, it talks about it in First Samuel 17:34. It says, "But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by the beard and struck him and killed him. He's not messing around. Your servant has, has like the lion and has oh, beat the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like them since he has taunted the enemies of the living God. This was right before he was going to kill Goliath. But he knew how to be a shepherd, and part of that was the shepherd kept watch 
of the sheep. And not only did he keep watch, but he beat the tar out of lions and bears. And so when he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying, I trust you because you're a much better shepherd than me, right? And, and he was a good shepherd. David was a good shepherd. That's where he learned how to be still before the Lord. I think that's where he learned in worship and prayer how to come into alignment with him. Way, be, way beyond his own covenant that was even available to him. He was able to access something, and it was beautiful. But when he's saying these words, the Lord is my shepherd, he knows what he's talking about. Like he's saying it with an uh, understanding of life. God was walking with him during those days. Way, way, way before this psalm was written, he had a brilliant understanding because God was there living life with him, revealing to him, this is what a shepherd is. A shepherd is someone who goes and beats the crap out of anything trying to defile the sheep. So I trust you. Even though I'm walking through this valley that looks really bad, and he had some bad valley. He had people chasing him with spears. He, had, he was hiding in caves for many years. Like there was lots of bad stuff happening. But he didn't reduce, he didn't look around and go, I mean, at times he definitely complained. But he didn't stay there. But he didn't stay in a place where his circumstances became his God. Right? He said, I'm going to choose to trust you. And I'm going to choose to forgive, and I'm going to choose to walk in the way that you want me to walk, the way that you want me to love, the way you want me to treat people. He did all of those things. And, you know, we have to get to that place in our heart because when God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies, if we have, if we have bitterness, if we are judging our enemies, like, ah, we're not going to bring I, I, you know how it is. You, sometimes you feel like this justice, yes. me being glorified in the presence of my enemies. Take that. Yes. But if we haven't come to the place of true alignment, then we're going to miss being able to be a witness to people who wanted us to wanted us have harm against us. And that's the reason God, yeah, God is, God is for us and he's vindicating us and everything else, but it's not about that. It's about displaying his goodness for all mankind, even people who are your enemies, even people who have done you wrong. If you can stay in that alignment with him and that you can do what he asks you to do, which is love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, those, some of those enemies, neighbors, family members, People who just couldn't believe for you or didn't, you know, had their own stuff. Maybe they had offense against you or whatever. Being able to have a tender heart towards the Lord and forgiveness towards others allows that to, to be a, a place that he can prepare a table. And that means that you trusted him. Because when our enemies, when people come against us, it's because... It's, it's for whatever reason, if we can keep trusting God and know that we've just called to live the way he calls us to live, that they will be loved and affected, um, that's, then he can do something with our lives. So God is really about walking with us. 
It's really a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, I was reminded this, this week that, you guys know what the laminin is? The, I might be saying it wrong. Some of you science people probably know what it is. It's the most critical molecule in our bodies. It's called the laminin. You, see, you know what this is? Basically, our molecules, you know, our DNA molecules make a shape. This, this, mole, or, yeah, this molecule holds that shape together. It holds our DNA together. Um, and it's, it's a cross. So it's shaped like a cross. Um, it's a protein molecule that literally holds the cells within our body together. Without laminin, our bodies could not survive. God is so infinite in his wisdom that even in the smallest little things like our DNA cells, there it is. Before the beginning of creation, he made us with a cross holding us together. Animals too. Most animals have the same cross in their DNA strands. And it's just brilliant. And again, even in the smallest little things, you can find the wisdom of God. It's amazing. And so... Uh, I just wanted to remind you guys that today, that you, you know, for us to start to look, like, I've just been really just trying to look and laugh and enjoy and be aware of, wow, God, you really are so faithful. I really can trust you. Even when it looks like I'm walking through the valley, even when it looks like, you know, I'd really like to be on the mountaintop right now. That you're with me, that you never leave me, that you never forsake me that you're working for me, that you're holding me together in the DNA of my smallest little molecules, that here you are, every single thing. And so I just, wanna, I just wanna encourage you guys, like when life becomes a revealer, make sure that you're aligning. Because God is just, he's so patient. He takes you know, years and years and years and years to reveal new things to us. And it looks like, it looks like just walking with us through those times. And I, I do believe that some of the most powerful times we can have with the Lord are in the valley. I believe that the most precious worship that we can give to him is in the valley. You know, there's nothing like standing up when you don't want to and worshiping Jesus. Because maybe you don't feel good or maybe you're tired or maybe you have a migraine, or maybe you're sad or depressed, or you're in grief, or you're in loss, or you're scared. You know, some of the best times I had worshiping last, last year, or, yeah, during the beginning of that pandemic, when it first started coming out, was just, Lord, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to just stand here and worship you. I'm going to press into who you are because I'm aligning with you. I'm not allowing my circumstances or my fear or my questions to push you farther away from me. I'm going to dive deeper into who you have called me to be. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. And he will use anything to reveal more of his goodness to you and more of himself to you. And it might not always feel like a shiny, fun thing to go through hard times, but you can find a part of yourself and you can find a part of God in those times. And that is beautiful. That is a really beautiful thing. So I just want to pray for you. And then, I mean, that's really all I have. And then um, we can have the team. Actually, if the... 
team wants to come up now, if any of the surge staff or the revival group pastors want to come up. Holy Spirit, I thank you for every single person here. God, I thank you that life isn't always a reflection of um, all that you have for us. Sometimes it's hard. But as we just come, come into you, Lord, as we, as we do life with you, as we walk with you, Lord, your faithfulness sustains us. God, you, you call out strength. You call out depth that we didn't know was there inside of us, Lord. And Jesus, I thank you that you are a beautiful revealer. And I don't know where everybody's at in their walk with you, God. But I just pray, Lord, for the mountaintops and the valleys, Lord, and everything in between. God, that you would show your faithfulness. That we would be able to, to see your goodness, We'd be able to see you walking with us, Lord. And Lord, that we would be able to look around even at creation. Lord, I thank you that creation is a great revealer. God, I just pray that in all seasons that we would be able to see you, find you, and worship you, Lord. And Lord, I pray peace, Lord, over every, every situation in here, God, whether it's um, people need healing or people are having an emotional hard time or there's loss, Lord. I just ask, God, that people would be able to, to, to grab onto you as their rock, that we would build our, our house on the rock, Lord, and that there would be grace released today and hope released today. Thank you, Jesus.